John chapter 10. So everybody appreciates a good love story. I'm going to give my speech whether y'all shouting or not. And our theme this year is the greatest expression of love, the cross. The cross is the greatest expression of love. Everybody loves a great love story. You know, London loves to watch Lifetime Movie Network. And um, she can sit and watch those things all day. And it's planned like that because they don't even give you time to pee. Come on here. When one is going off, the next one is coming on. And if you miss the beginning, you're going to miss something important. So you just sit there. And before you know it, you done sat there for five, six, seven, eight hours. And everybody loves a love story. And, and I will watch them with her sometimes. I haven't watched any with her lately, praise the Lord. Um, but I noticed there is no love story without love, forgiveness, um, restoration, reconciliation, sacrifice. There's gifts in these love stories. And the cross represents the greatest love story of love stories. Um, the cross is not jewelry to be worn. It is um, not just something we hang up inside of our church. It is not a religious symbol. It is a continual reminder of the details of the love story involving Jesus and us. Say amen to that. Because it was on the cross that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for me. Philippians 2 and 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. The cross is God's statement of how much he loves us. It represents the price that he paid, listen, for us. It was at the cross that I received forgiveness of sin. And it was at the cross that every problem I have and whatever I have was fixed by Jesus Christ. It was solved once and forever. Sickness and poverty and depression and esteem issues. It was on the cross that the finished work of Jesus Christ sealed my present, my past, and my future. And because of the cross, I am complete and made whole in Jesus. It's not because of my social status or my job or my career or my salary or even my um, 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 human relationships, but it's because of Jesus. Jesus on the cross settled his love for me and his plan for my life once and for all. Now look at John chapter number 10. Pay close attention to me, please. Don't be distracted. Verse number 14. I am, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You know, I, I don't feel like on Easter Sunday morning we need to get into a whole lot of lengthy preaching because you've been preaching since you got here. I'm just going to close the deal. Come on here. Tell your neighbor, say, he's going to close the deal. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, too, that are not in this sheepfold. That's a whole nother message. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice, and there will, there will be one flock with one shepherd. Somebody said one flock with one shepherd. The Father, verse 17, loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. 
Verse 18, here's where we're going to part. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. Nobody takes the life or took the life of Jesus. Nobody forced Jesus to do what he did. I need you to understand because we think and we have been taught in some cases or have heard that the father made Jesus come and he made Jesus do this for us. Absolutely not. Nobody forced Jesus to do what he did. What Jesus did was submitted to the will of the father concerning us. When somebody does something for you, answer this question. Um, um, do you receive it well or how do you feel most loved if it's done gladly or if it's done reluctantly? Come on, gladly. We feel um, uh, um, the more willing and the more costly it is, um, the more amazing and the more deeper it is to receive. And so it was with Jesus. He was not forced to do anything. Yes, it's true. Um, he did not enjoy the suffering. He did not, his physical pain did not become physical pleasure on the cross. But it was the father's command. And what that simply means is he came into harmony with the will of the father. So the command was submitted to delightfully. Nobody made him do it. I need you to understand that nobody made Jesus do it. He was in communion. He was in a harmony with the father concerning us. Because we were messed up, we were wretches, we were undone, we were unruly, we were sinners, we were bound for hell. And Jesus came in harmony with the will of the Father concerning me. Come on, say concerning me. And then he said, nobody took my life. Nobody took, what do, you, what do you mean, Jesus? What do you mean nobody took my life? Let that sink in. Didn't Judas take it? What about the mob in the garden? What about all those that were yelling, crucify him? Um, um, what about Pilate? What about the soldiers who nailed these stakes into his hands and his feet? Didn't they take his life? Absolutely not. And here is the part that got me. Nobody took his life. He chose to do it for us. At any time, he could have stopped it. Matthew says, because when they came to arrest Jesus, one of the, the, his disciples put out his sword and sliced one of the soldiers' ear. He said, put that away. He said, don't you realize that I can call on the Father and he can send legions of angels down here at once to put a stop to all this? But I choose to do it for you while we were yet sinners. He chose to die for us. He embraced it. He embraced the pain. He embraced the agony because he had us in mind. Now, I don't know about you. I've watched a whole lot of love stories on TV and nothing compares to this. He could have stopped it, but I heard the old songwriter say he would not come down from the cross just to save himself. 
Look at the next line. He decided, glory to God in heaven. He chose to die to save me. He said, nobody takes my life. And then the next part that really blessed my heart was we didn't deserve it. I said, we didn't deserve it. That's why I, I don't understand when you come to church and you sit like God owes you something else. And we always say the, the church cliches, if he don't do nothing else, ain't nothing else to do. When he said it was finished, that's what he meant. He sealed not just our, 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 our past, but our present and our future. And so when we come together, we got to understand Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, while we were sinners, he died. We didn't deserve it, but there was also all of this that he did, there were some generous, abundant, and lasting benefits. I need you to hear this this morning. There were some generous, abundant, and lasting benefits. Although it was a one-time event, it has lifelong benefits. Why? Because each one of us owed a debt. Each one of us had a sin debt. And the holiness of God demanded that this sin debt be paid. The Bible says the wages of sin, come on, is death. And we needed to pay up, but we couldn't afford it. We couldn't do it. The debt was too big. So God revealed a plan, the, the plan called redemption, operation redemption. And the plan was Jesus. It's kind of like having natural debt. Sally made mortgage credit cards. You've been up to your neck in debt. You've been drowning in debt. It's kind of like having natural debt. You owe somebody 20000 owe somebody else 5000 You got 4000 on this credit card. You are up to the wall in debt. And somebody realizes that you're in debt and they come along and they bring to date all of your accounts. They pay off all of your debt. Bring all of your accounts to zero. And they don't stop there. They put some extra money in the account just in case you incur in the future some more debt. There's already some money. There's already some grace there for what you may do in the future. That's what he did. We couldn't pay this debt. We couldn't pay the bill. Sin was the bill. Listen very carefully. That's why the Bible says, forgive us our debt, our missing it, our sin. Somebody had to pay it, but here's the thing about it. If I was in debt, Brother Mark, I couldn't pay your debt. So if somebody had to pay the debt that didn't have any debt, so the Bible says Jesus steps on the scene who knew no sin. <laughs> he knew no sin the wages of sin is what somebody had to die God couldn't die because he's a spirit so he became a man he stepped out of himself and became Jesus God became man in the flesh 
So on the scene steps Jesus, fully God and fully man, and he qualified to pay the debt. He knew no sin. He didn't just, hear me carefully, listen people, this thing blessed me so much. He didn't just bear our sins on the cross. Listen, he became sin for us. He became sin for us. That's why Jesus says, Father, my Father, why has thou forsaken me? Because something happened that will never happen again. You have the Trinity. You have the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're all one, three in one. But at that point, when Jesus became sin for us, Jesus was separated from the Father. And he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? So he didn't just bear our sins. He became sin for us. He switched coats with us so that we might become the righteousness of God so that we may be in right standing with the Father. He became sin. He was separated from his Father. And here's what the Father told him. He says, why has thou forsaken me? Here's what the Father told him. He says, Jesus, go to hell. Jesus didn't go to hell. You better hope he did so you don't have to go. Bible says he went to hell. He went to Hades. He went to, to Shoel. He went to, to Abraham's bosom and he led captivity captive. That's what it says. He ascended, then ascended on high. Come on here. Look at, see, we got to get past this religion, people of God. And he went to hell and took back the authority. He stripped Satan of the authority that Adam handed over to him. And he told us in Matthew, I give you this authority now. And whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. And when you get past religion and look at the, the real deal of what Jesus did for us, it brings tears to your eyes because here is this man who did this for me I wasn't even thinking about him Bible says I was still in sin and so he settled our accounts when he went to heaven the Bible says he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat I can't teach it like I want to because I'm just giving you synopsis you go home yourself he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat and that blood still cries out not guilty on our behalf today. So every time the Bible says that the devil, the accuser of the brethren, comes before God day and night to accuse us of what we've done, that blood screams out not guilty because Jesus already paid that price. Come on here. So he settled our sin account, our sickness account, our death account. We are now heirs. We are beneficiaries of his estate. We are recipients of every promise he made to us. We are healed. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. We are made righteous. We are justified by faith. We have peace with God. We are accepted in the beloved. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are complete in him. God has given us now everything that pertains to life and godliness. Godliness. 
all we got to do is accept what he did. I love how they said, even in the monologue, it doesn't matter how far you drifted or what you've done. That's irrelevant. For God so loved, listen, the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him, they won't perish, listen, but they'll have everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world, listen, to condemn the world. That's why I don't go to church, because they be judging people and they be condemning people. God didn't come for that. He came to meet you just where you are. I don't care if you high, I don't care if you've been high, I don't care if you ain't been to church since last Easter, I don't care if you cussed all the way here, I don't care if you listened to Beyonce last night, none of that even matters to any of us in here. He says, I have come that you may have life. And I was in not this red seat, but I was in the seat before. And I was living, but I wasn't living life. Here's what I was doing. I was surviving. He said, but I have come that she may have and enjoy life. And you came in here this morning and somebody invited you and you saw the flyer and you saw the who you bring in and the campaign and the t-shirt. And you said, well, I'll go because my cousin invited me. My auntie texted me. I'm going to go ahead down there. It is in the high school. It shouldn't be too bad. And you just came and you're sitting and you're tired of the way that you're living. tired. You're tired of the drama. You're tired of the pain. You're tired of crying at night. You're tired of drinking yourself, trying to drink yourself good, but you're drinking yourself bad. You're tired. You're tired of the marital issues. You're tired of the children issues. You're tired of baby mama drama. You're tired of your job. You're just tired and you're tired of trying to make it all work yourself. And when Jesus did what he did on the cross, he took all of the toiling out of life for us. So if you're toiling, come to him. Yield to him. Submit to him. But you don't understand, Reverend, I used to go to church. Church people crazy. Church people phony. I went to church. I sang in the choir. I served. I did all of that, Reverend. Now what? None of that changed anything I just said. He still died for you. Maybe you went to the wrong church. Maybe you said a good church. Maybe you said the right church. And some bad things happen. It happens in life. But it doesn't change the fact of how he wants good for you. And so that's what Easter Sunday is all about. It's, we, we rented this school so everybody can fit in here and get a good part. We wanted you to be casual. We didn't do all this so we can have a good time ourselves. It's so this same Jesus that changed our life, we can make a presentation today through song and through drama to somebody to say, listen, you ain't got to keep going down the road you're going down. And just like us, you won't change overnight either. Can I be real with you this morning? There's some folks sitting here, they've been to church their whole life and they're still changing. I'm one of them.
He's still working on me. He's still working stuff in and out of me. And I have the microphone. But I don't know. It's too much a mess in church. I would rather be in a church with mess than miss God altogether. I am sure. I am sure that when they call all them animals on that boat two by two, I'm sure it was a whole lot of doo-doo on that boat. But I would rather be on that boat than outside and open this door. I'd rather be in safety. I'd rather be where Jesus wants me in the will of God for my life. And I ain't going to let nobody stop me. I don't care what you said to me last time I was here. I don't care how you looked at me. I don't care what my old pastor did. I don't care what I heard or what I've experienced. We've told you today through many different avenues that Jesus loves you and he wants you. He wants the best for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how long you've done it. I don't care if you've been a transsexual or a bisexual or a homosexual or a nasty sexual. I don't care if you drink and smoke. I don't care what you do I don't care how you look I don't care if you a hoe I don't care if you a pimp It does not matter He wants you And we gotta stop asking people To get themselves cleaned up first Ah, You got to catch them first So I came to Jesus Just as I was Wounded Crippled Messed up. But I came just like that. Sometimes you got to come limping. You got to come with the shame that the enemy has put on you. But because there's no shame in him. That's the first thing he deals with is the shame. That's why folk can come in here and they can grin and they can skin and they can greet you at the door. And it was just something else last time this year. But God wiped away all the shame. Because if any man be in Christ. I said if any man be in Christ. I don't care if you've been locked up. I don't care if you've been in jail for murder. I don't care if you're a pedophile. If any man be in Christ. And there's some of you here and there's some things you've done and you ain't even told nobody you've done it. But it does not matter if any man be in Christ. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. And old things become new. But pastor, I've been gone too long. You don't know what I've been out here doing. It doesn't matter. You don't know what the person sitting next to you been doing either. Because my business ain't yours and yours ain't mine. But he's concerned about us. And today is your day. Today is your day. Today, single mother. God knows your struggle. God's seen you cry. He knows what that man didn't do or what he did do. But today is your day. 
He says, and I love you. And I love it because his love is not conditional. I think about it even since I've been saved, all the times I've messed up. And he's still there, loving on me. Some of you have been in church. Some of you used to go to this church. God has said, today is your day to come home. The prodigal son was out there. Man, he was living so bad. He was living so bogus. But he knew better. And that's why you're here today, because you know better. How do you know he knew better? Because the Bible says he came to himself. And he says, what I'm doing, what I'm in, what I ended up, how I end up here. I know better than this. I'm going back home. And so he set out on his way. And the Bible said, that his father saw him coming. And here is the position the church has to be in in this last hour. You got to see him coming and you got to meet him. He saw him coming and he didn't wait until he got to the house. He says, that looked like my boy. That looked like Leroy. That, is that Linda? And the Bible says he didn't just wait for him to get to the porch. He ran to meet him. He ran to meet him. And he threw his arms around him. And he says, my son, who was lost, is now found. Hey! Start the grill. Make some sides. Auntie, make some of that punch you made last year. Because we're going to have a party. we got a reason to celebrate. we got to learn how to celebrate when we see them coming to fall. That means they've come to themselves. Are you listening to me? Everybody standing in the room. Hold hands with the person next to you. You're here this morning. The person's hand that you're holding. I'm doing this for a reason. Nobody walking, nobody moving. Just hold that hand. You said, Pastor, I heard you. Better yet, I heard God. I heard him in the singing. I heard him in the drama. I sensed him in the dance. And today, I'm coming home. Today, I choose him. Today is my day of new beginnings. They're holding your hand as support. Just squeeze that hand you're holding. If that's you, and I know you're here, you say, Pastor, I want Jesus. Drop that hand and make, make it to one of these aisles and come here. Come to me. 